speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. Folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jackson McDonald. With me, as always, hello, everybody. It's Yasser and Delay Hoyt. Jackson interrupted me on the Heritage Minute we just did. So, absolutely, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I literally don't care. I just feel game, like I no. haven't actually been, I haven't been an asshole on the show in a long time. So. <laughs> uh, it is the been too well medicated. <laughs> me too, man. It is currently the uh, afternoon slash evening of sunday april 11th um just to set the scene here there's obviously been no hockey for the past couple of weeks because of the canucks ongoing um covid outbreak that seems to be nearing an end obviously we have a lot of stuff to get to there was a lot of news this week so we didn't plan this one out much at all because i feel like we're not going to struggle at all to talk about things but uh, we do have a couple of voicemails, so should yep. we just get to those straight off the hop, guys? Yeah, let's just start with those ones. <clears throat> um, the first one's the the first one that we should play is the second one on the list. Okay, thank you for the heads up. Remember when we remember when our slogan was Canada's game? Wait, Vancouver's team, Canada's game. This is pre. This is pre. We are all Canucks. This is this is like oh four. Canada. Yeah. This is very ADHD. I, I, I apologize if we're more scattered than usual because I know all three of us have been very busy this week. Vias has finals. I've been doing music stuff. Elliot is torn between moving into a different house and working on a long-term project, adding greater than and less than symbols to the battery to go along with the plus and minus. Um, big, <laughs> I need to learn more about batteries that... so I can come up with more of these jokes. Yeah, they're good. Um, so anyway, when you, when you have to check the, uh, the power levels, you have to like get, get like a Ford F-150 and like a Dodge Durango and like drive it in at both ends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, squeeze it. I, to me the the best joke is it's the same two trucks they used to move the ever given the best version of this joke to me is still the photoshop vias made of the guys on the beam <laughs> that's just been photoshopped yeah. into a dirt the sears tower or whatever yeah, it's very good <laughs> all right um hopefully this works i'll give it a shot hey fuck bunnies i mean sorry roxy fever um i listened to your last episode um on your all bui team i was wondering um there's another concept I was thinking of in terms of um, maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, no. Um, I'm wincing. What's your all-mega team? You can short it down Whoa. to just, uh, a, a, a top line just so you don't have to spend all the See ya. Ooh, very good question. That's an amazing question. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, thanks Robert for that. Easy is quickly one of my one of my choices. Okay, so we're 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 gonna go cross era. I'm How many holes are in this line? Okay, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I was just, what I did was I went through and made a starting five and a goalie. Okay. And one of active players and one of retired players. Okay. But you guys aren't going to get to be able to do research. So just fire off some. Okay. So, we'll see okay. Vias mentions Todd Bertuzzi. I'm going to just do a mix of, 
of both. Um, yeah. I think that's a good candidate because that's a very good player with MAGA um, connections. Um, Thatcher Demko's girlfriend could play. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I think Robin Leonard has to be a net. Right. Okay. And I know he's okay. kind of walked that back, but um, whatever. Fuck it. You're on yeah. record. Um, Did I? Was that a mistake in me bringing up the Thatcher Demko thing? Is that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We can get to that at some point. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I think. What? Like that's privileged information? Uh, I don't know. know. People, people, I haven't heard many people talk about it, but then again, I also don't listen to every episode of the broadcast. So uh, chances are it's come up in the past. Um, I feel like Ryan Kessler <laughs> is the best center to uh, to have come out as uh, publicly MAGA. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. I know we already have two Vancouver Canucks uh, here, but I'm gonna go with Ryan Kessler as my center. I, I would I would be like the chemistry that he could have with another former Duck um, in Dustin Premsing Penner is up there too. I, I think. I, I think it's important to. Oh man, this is this seems getting. <laughs> it's important. Your team's funnier than mine. <laughs> it's important to bring up that, like, when I brought up the Bobby Hull thing or the Hulls, like Bobby Hull, he is he dead? No, he's still got to be I dead, think. right? Oh, Jesus Christ, never mind. Um, I was assuming that he he was dead and he died before Manko was a thing, but guess that's out. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm I'm trying to focus on people that I know have said something or that there's some kind of proof i like dustin penner as a as yeah. the other winger on this line i think i are everybody would hate this line so much <laughs> you have to give him credit because he he's like so vocally mega he's not just like oh it's yeah not like he's liked a few tweets or something like no the man the man is on a mission i think we also have to bring up uh while we're in the middle of this i love that this is what we're starting with by the way we're like five <laughs> minutes in and this is the thing that we're doing when like this is much better than the other two, two issues of the happening biggest to the team pieces right of news dropped this week and this is the thing we uh, there's there's like 40 other yeah. fucking canucks podcasts it's now. true like we it might literally well. matter yeah um hockey doesn't matter none of this matters um let's I'm the say, price have that have oh have what, have their yes shit. absolutely um I want to add to this, by the way, that we finally decided to, or I finally decided to look into what the deal with the Prem Singh part of Dustin oh, yeah, that was fucked. Twitter name is. And it mm-hmm. turns out Prem Singh is the former leader of the uh, Fijian <laughs> opposition, <laughs> official opposition party. And is, literally, party too. and is literally Indo-Fijian. <laughs> yeah. Which, it was very weird to see that message from you. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Like yeah. I forgot what the context was. I was like, why is Jackson researching <laughs> the Fiji Labor Party? Yeah. Oh um, my god. My yeah, I was gonna say, like, my dad, I mean I've said already, but like my dad probably knows. I'm curious to what you guys can come up with come up with for defense. Well, Seth Jones is um Seth is my, my number one defenseman. No Seth, uh, Seth Jones' brother. Uh, I forget him. Caleb, yeah. Caleb um, can we think of another defenseman who's MAGA for sure? For sure makes it yeah. hard. Um, oh, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D, of course. Oh, <laughs> All man. Right, I, want hear, I want to hear Elliot's lineup now. Yeah, okay. I'm, so, worried, I'm worried that we... So, so Vios and Jackson firing from the top of their heads come up with Bertuzzi, Kessler, Penner, yeah. Tony D, Seth Jones, Robin Yeah, Lennon. don't care about handedness, by the way. That's too hard. I, yeah, I yeah. didn't pay attention. No, but the coach will be Mike Babcock, so... 
you'd have to. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what it's fucking. Who <laughs> would the co- coach be? I feel like there is a coach, but Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. go on. Anyways. Go on. As you were. So it depends on what our level of like mega evidence we sure. need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my top line is apparently Eichel McDavid Couture. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what? Fair. So Couture is true. That's real. Couture is true because There's he evidence invented yeah. an incident where he got sucker punched in Toronto for saying he was a Trump guy. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Eichel right. is an out and out Trump guy. I did, I did not. Even, I did not know that. McDavid dressed up as Trump for Halloween. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. So, I will say that's kind of iffy. That's an iffy one, but yeah. Alternatively, we have T.J. Oshie who dressed up his kids as Donald and Melania. Oh woof! Oh. Uh, I really don't want T.J. Oshie to be MAGA. That makes me sad. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. I don't know why. I think because, um, and we could also go with Tyler Sagan. Oh wow, interesting. Easy, okay. okay, that's an easy choice. Yeah. I like that he's mega because I don't like him anyways. Yeah, fuck those guys. Exactly. Yeah. So let's go with Sagan, Eichel, and Couture. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Okay. All three centers. <laughs> yeah, but we'll centers you, can baby. play on any line because Mike Babcock can. Yeah, Mike Babcock is going to be coaching, exactly. so he's going to have centers for every forward. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Our defense is Brent Burns <laughs> and Seth Jones. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burns is a bit thin on evidence, but it's because his Twitter or Instagram follows are every horrible conservative mm. Trump, Kellyanne Conway, yeah, okay, uh, Tommy Lahren, H- Hannity, O'Reilly, Pence, and several others. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's strong mm-hmm. enough evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we could also go with Eric Johnson if we want another defenseman instead of Burns. Okay, fair enough. Yep, he's had a hard enough career so far. The all-time team, however. Oh, man. So that is a really good team either way. Depends. Yep. Even without McDavid, still really good. Yep. The all-time <laughs> team is Hartnell, Hull, and Solane. Oh, God. Admittedly, oh. no real center, but I think we can make Hull into a center. Yeah, I agree. Oh, no. Wait, Taylor Hull? Hull. 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 Okay. Yeah. Brett, yeah. I'm assuming Solani, you're talking about. Or are you talking Solani about Bobby? Ups, Bobby. Me We're kind so of just much. assuming here. Yeah. Brett, uh... I don't know. I Brett's probably MAGA, yeah, or 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 he just doesn't care, which is what I suspect the actual majority of NHLers are. I suspect the majority of yeah. NHLers don't. We're gonna That's come back guess. to this conclusion in a second. So to be clear, this is not an all-time list. This is a retired players only list. Yes, I don't totally. know why I went for this. That's okay. Yeah, the defensive pair that I got was Ryan Whitney and Tony D. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. And the goalies Eddie Black. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Uh- <laughs> That one's sad. The other goalie option is Thomas Grice, who's on here because yes. he liked to post comparing Hillary Clinton to Hitler, which might actually be a problem in the locker room with Bobby Hall. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah. Also, I mean, let, let's hear him out on the Hillary Hitler thing. Like, yeah, how was no, he comparing that's not enough to evidence. Them? Less evidence than McDavid. Does Great that. question. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who sent that one, but I don't know if it's public. Yeah, I think I, I know, too. But okay. uh, big fan you. of them. Yes, me, too. Uh, so I guess on to the second one now, which will, I think, be a nice springboard to the other things that we have to talk about, which, uh, you know, there's a reason why we usually do veggies and then dessert. And it's to avoid just 
ending on an incredibly depressing note, but I think that was probably impossible to avoid today anyways. So. Hi guys, it's Audrey. Um, I was just calling because um, I want a I wellness check on my boys. How are we doing? Um, respond back and let me know how we're taking care of our mental health this week. <laughs> how we're doing self-care for both ourselves and for others. Um, personally, I... I'm vaccinated. No big deal. It's fine. <laughs> this is a brag call. Um, Fuck you. Audrey. Really nice walk today. That was great. And um, I am gonna practice self care by not watching um, Vancouver Canucks hockey for probably the rest of the season. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know that was very sweet to begin with, but felt like a flex yeah the, the was a little bit like a flex yeah. i got vaccinated thing is a bit uh that's a bit of a low blow i gotta mm. be honest with you but uh, that's fine it was jj mm. too which is the worst part um so she's done um yeah but uh you know, yeah the i women uh, posting their l's what w's 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 yes. w's <laughs> um I, I only want w's for you audrey I am not watching any hockey right now because with the uh, way that the divisions function and et cetera, et cetera, hockey may as well not exist if the Canucks aren't playing because every hockey game happens at the same time or is happening between like a group of the same eight teams. So uh, it's been pretty impossible to catch up. So the good news is I've had plenty of time to engage in my uh, normal self-care routine, which is to end every day by uh, smoking marijuana and watching cartoons. Um, so that's that's what I've been doing. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. How about yourself, Vyas? Uh, it's school. Um, it's just oh it's just always bad vibes. Um, to, de- to be doing school during Zoom is just the worst thing ever. Um, yep. I probably don't need to just expand on that. Uh, I really hope that if I do get a job cleared up that I can at least take uh, a luxurious month off to like feel like I don't hate reading legal stuff before I ideally get to do something cool. But Wow, month off. What's that like? Um, I mean, I'm yeah. going to find a way to, to ruin my life in that, in that month with uh, work Am somehow. But... too much? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's actually kind of a hazard for you. It, yeah. Um, fuck, it would be a good idea for me to just give up for a month, actually. Anyways, uh, I'm figuring out meds and I'm figuring out uh, where the hell to live. And yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. I don't have a vaccine, but that's probably going to... I registered, though. Did you guys that's register good. for that? No, I'll be yeah. registering soon. Oh, wait, are you... Do you exist in the province? Okay, yeah. so as of yesterday... Less yeah. than 10 seconds answer, please. <laughs> yeah, as of yesterday, I do exist. I am enrolled for MSP. Everything should be solved. But Beautiful. because of that, I have not uh, registered yet. Okay. For right. obvious okay. reasons, yeah. But all that to say, thank you for checking in. I uh, wish I had a better answer than... I don't know, maybe. Um, but love to hear from Audrey. Yes, yeah. absolutely. How about we yourself? Hope, we hope you can visit Audrey specifically soon. mentioned healthcare. I feel like I should mention that I uh, gave myself frostbite yesterday. <laughs> yes. So my hand, so I have like frost, I mean, it's frost nip, I think technically, sure. but it's in like all of my fingertips. So I can't do things that I enjoy, like holding a can of beer uh, without it hurting, which is really funny to me. But yeah, just enjoying living in suburbia and working from home because it sure as hell beats not having a place to live. Yeah, you guys uh you guys have got it pretty good, eh? 
Um, if you guys ever want to know what the inside of the Roxy Fever DM looks like, just picture me sending these guys the NYC Guido voice uh, tweet about this is what a union man's hands look like <laughs> when you work for a living, uh, like five times a day. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. We all, we, Elliot and I, were, we were just talking about how we have survivor's guilt whenever we hear... <laughs> <laughs> about my kitchen stories yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i uh we we just uh this won't be up by the time the uh the episode goes up but we just finished recording a heritage minute on chris levesque as well um so i'm excited to eventually hopefully have him on the show so that somebody else will understand my pain uh former chef chris levesque anyways most noticeable thing about him i say yes 100 percent uh working in service is always the most noticeable uh thing about anyone anytime i see a cook or a bartender, or a server, I always say, thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> they should get to go on airplanes first. I think so. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Def- def- no question braver than the troops, and definitely braver than cops. Um, what about army cooks? They're the bravest of all, in fairness. Yes. <laughs> they're the real troops. Yeah, they're the only <laughs> real troops are the ones who, who work in the best hall. <laughs> Um, anyways, I suppose it's uh, only fair now that we're probably like fucking 20 minutes into the episode. Oh, God. Yeah. To acknowledge why we might be so depressed. So where should we start? Should we start with uh, hmm. with the uh, the less, I guess, wide reaching uh, of the two things in terms of implications? With So Pearson. Pearson? Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. do that. All right. So <laughs> in a move surprising i hope absolutely none of our listeners uh the canucks elected to re-sign tanner pearson to a three-year deal at 3.25 million per i believe that's jay beagle money that is jay that's jay beagle and antoine roussel money um yeah i have obviously a lot of thoughts on this but i think i will turn to you vias first to get the uh voice of the people on this this matter how did you feel when the news came down you know you know you can't you can't play you can't play hockey without your wingers can't play hockey without veteran presence you can't play hockey without a cup winner eight years removed from their last ring yeah like what do you what are you asking the team to do um and everyone was so mad when they let Tyler Toffoli walk and then they decided to keep their other former LA King. Like suddenly, uh, suddenly you're mad again. Make up, yeah. Make up your mind. Yeah. And uh, Pearson is getting one less million dollars in one less year than Tyler Toffoli. So like, it looks to me like the Canucks actually, you know, bet on the Got cheap option value. for once. Yeah. I mean, cause obviously all Stanley cup winning former LA King forwards, uh, you know, they're all basically the same. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't Tyler like Toffoli, Dustin Brown, Tanner Pearson, Dustin Penner, Emerson Needham. No, wait, he was the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon Vay. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> My other thing on this, to be serious, though, is like after I saw that uh, Bo Horvat uh, was potentially like a big part of getting him signed, that totally makes sense to me. If Absolutely. I, if, if I'm Bo Horvat, okay, one, I'm too pr- like I don't know if proud is the right word, but. I can't request a trade from this team anytime yeah, soon. Totally. Um, yeah. I'm a young Canadian, but like I will be ruined. If, if he I... leaves, it, it's, it has to be in free agency. Yeah. Uh, he, he would also like, 
He's got so if much. If he's traded against his will, it'll be. Yeah, or management trades him, but not. He can't demand a trade. It's just not. No. It doesn't work for his player profile and his. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, could you imagine if Trevor Linden requested a trade publicly or something yeah, uh, out of the Canucks like early problem. on? Like he would no longer be the good Ontario boy kind exactly. of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if I'm him, definitely I can't leave. So it's like, well, if I'm going to stay, I cannot be surrounded by a bunch of Utica comments next year yeah. or, or just like, a bunch of like four liners. two good wingers in his career. Sven Bereshi, who is banished to Utica yeah. because Aquilini has a grudge against the Swiss for some reason mm-hmm. <laughs> and banking reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Bereshi> out. <laughs> Indefinitely. Yeah. Horvath had like two good wingers in his time here. Excluding like the brief flashes that he's played like with mm-hmm. yeah, Tesser and stuff. Yeah. So so if you're just in his spot, you're like, I can't he, like he knows that Pearson is probably not gonna be better. Uh he's not a top line winger, but he's also Horvath, still the only good one of the only good players he's ever been able to consistently play with and get yeah have yeah, chemistry. Exactly. With. And the thing is too, like I think the way in which Pearson's getting older and slower and stuff isn't necessarily necessarily super noticeable on the ice yeah mm-hmm. i agree mm-hmm. and like there is a psychological factor here where it's probably more fun or whatever you want to say more reassuring to play with a guy whose play style you're used to and like in a way yeah. yeah if you want someone get, else whose numbers are better i will say that if you if you guys anyone listening right now wants to get my like uh really detailed hockey takes on this deal just listen to my two-part appearance on locked on canucks with uh justin morissette friend of the show um it was a lot of fun and i'm gonna try to as much as possible avoid repeating myself on um on our show but um one thing that one thing that i will repeat is that i think it's a a pretty major indictment of the team building that Tanner Pearson is pretty much the best consistent winger Bob mm-hmm. Horvat has had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't blame him for feeling the way he felt because I feel like he probably looked at, you know, the start of this season where Quinn Hughes was playing with Jalen Chatfield and thinking, I don't want to fucking go through that. You know, like, mm-hmm. like there mm-hmm. is a, there is a pretty strong case that if you don't bring back Tanner Pearson, the Canucks second line next year, it looks probably like putting Colson's on it. Horvat put Colson and Hoaglander. And that's not a good thing. And it's like that. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that sounds great in theory, but ultimately you have like a six-year NHL vet centering basically two rookies. Um, like yeah. may as well be, and two guys who are basically unproven. Like we know Hoaglander can play at the NHL level. We know he's got some good skills like i definitely think he's going to be a player like going forward but uh, someone like bo horvat should be looking at this team and being like we're going to make the playoffs next year we're going to do this right and i mm-hmm. don't blame him for being like i don't want to play with rookies i, I want to play with somebody i have a rapport with now yeah and then on the other the other side, side of this too is that like i honestly out of anybody over the last six years to get this deal Tanner Pearson being the guy doesn't upset me that much because at this point I'm like, yeah, if you're going to resign this guy, this is incredibly consistent because like this is honestly just no matter which way you slice it, this is not as bad of a deal as Erickson, Dorsett, Spiza, Mm -hmm. Myers, Roussel, Beagle, Sutter, like 
This is not yeah. a notably bad deal on this team. It's just proof of the thing that everyone has been saying literally since 2015, mm-hmm. which is that the Canucks aren't going to finally magically have cap space that they can use wisely because they're going to continue to do the same things that they have done pretty much uninterrupted for seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the other part of that too is like, yeah, sure. This deal is not as bad as the Erickson deal, obviously. And that's part of the reason why it's hard to get mad about because it's like Erickson's still making $6 million to be on the taxi squad. Yeah. But the reality is this coming off season, the Canucks have $17 million to sign Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, a replacement for Sutter, a replacement for Edler and four more, four more just guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Another right defenseman is one of those four guys. And Pod Colson, if he comes over, is going to cost 1.7. So what do you think Quinn Hughes and Pedersen are going to cost? And they can't sign for the 15 that they're going to want between the two of them. So you're signing to a bridge deal. And this is, once again, always the problem with when you're talking about Jim Benning's moves with regards to the salary cap, the, you know, the sort of grand vision for this team or whatever you just keep kicking the can down and creating yeah. more problems later down the road when theoretically the team should be better, which has been basically the case since like mid 2010s because the team has been bad. So you just assume, well, they're going to be better later. But like, I think ultimately we really have to start questioning like whether there's a real way for that to happen. I did that op- episode, I think during the off season, the solo episode about their cap situation. And for the most part, like everything I said in that episode has come to pass, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you have this cap space, but they have to spend it on certain players and there's no reason to believe they'll spend it wisely. So yeah. I will say that there's a lot of reason to believe they're going to have more than that $17 million of space because Beagle's going to go on LTIR. I don't know if Furland factors into that, but obviously... I don't remember how I came up with this number or who's coming up with this number. I think it's Beagle being on the roster and Furland permanently in LTIR. Yeah, fair enough, and that makes sense. And so there's there's options that they're going to have. They're going to be able to maybe put Beagle on LTIR. They're going to be able to maybe trade Seattle a pick to take Braden Holdby. Um, which awesome. Great. Uh, love to trade more uh, picks away for literally no reason uh, other than to get rid of a player you probably shouldn't have signed anyways. Awesome. Really great. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll buy out for Tannen one year after signing him. Yeah, love to totally. waste a sixth overall pick on a guy you buy out before he's 27. Yep. Uh, like just, just great decision-making. All, all of this stuff is great, but um, I believe it was Drance that pointed out that even if everything goes perfectly and you're able to shed a ton of salary through all kinds of different maneuvering, trades, uh, LTIR, et cetera, et cetera, it only gives them $10 million more dollars. And you still have um, Hughes and Pedersen like realistically taking up like a huge chunk of that anyways, like at least more than half of that 20 million. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, and that's the best thing that they can do is just spend that money on Hughes and Pedersen because increasing their AAV means you get them under contract for more years mm-hmm. at a lower hit. That's a hit. That's going to be lower once you're actually competitive, which it is looks increasingly like they're going to have to bridge like short-term yeah. bridge yeah. Pedersen and Hughes. And to me, this is Matching, the real like, three-year deals that way you know you get them to you get to resign them when Myers and Pearson's deals are up yeah exactly which but is makes sense but is also like a 
terrible idea. But if we are, um, if we're, if this is the the model that we're talking about, if this is the plan, then you'll have to excuse me because I don't have cap friendly in front of me, but you're basically looking at in the span of a few years, re-signing Besser, yeah. re, um, having to re-sign Hughes and Pedersen when their brief bridge deals expire. And then you have having to re-sign Bo or let him or let Bo Horvat walk. And then yeah. JT Miller. And this was a, this was another thing that I'm sorry to fucking keep bringing up this stupid trade, but this was another thing that <laughs> that always fucking irked me about it was that like realistically they are going to lose JT Miller before they like get anything out of him other than that playoff run that they made into the bubble because now we're talking about two more years before they're competitive like Jim Benning has said as much and like where is the money going to come from to re-sign JT Miller? it's just so like the, the whole thing with all, all of this is that it's just so obvious that they're, they just react to things and that there's no, there's, there is literally no plan. The plan is try to build a team every year that can hopefully make the playoffs. And once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And I don't know about you guys, but as somebody who lived through the West Coast Express era, have zero uh, interest in reliving mm-hmm. that. Any, uh, yeah. but but in fairness, that would also be better than fucking living through this era of Canucks hockey we're living through. So okay, let's pretend that while you were talking about the bridge deal stuff, that I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hypothetically. Okay. <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. Uh, somebody's listening to this and is like, "Oh, I, I wasn't listening." Or Okay. No, I, I didn't zone out. I just yeah, it's okay. kind of lost the plot for a second. Sure. Yeah. Explain to the casual fan why it's a bad idea to... Okay. okay. So the bridge deal with Hughes and Pedersen. Yeah. Why, why is that a bad situation for us? Because this is not actually what I believe, but if I'm somebody who's uh, you know very optimistic about this team, I, I, I see the news that it's likely that they're not going to do long-term deals right now. Um, because of COVID, because of the cap situation, et cetera. Like that seems to be like what's probably going to happen. That seems like a win. That seems like a few moment, like P-H-E-W moment. So why is that bad? There's two things that come up when someone mentions short-term bridge deals for mm-hmm. Patterson and Hughes that I immediately think of. The first is the timing thing that I just sort of outlined where you're in a situation where like you basically are every year having to lock up a different piece of your core when you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have a ton of money expiring. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second thing is, and I might be totally wrong about this, but I feel like COVID has given under better circumstances would have given the Canucks uh, the opportunity to get the dollar value severely depressed over a long contract if now is now is that that because the likelihood that we're gonna have a flat cap situation for like four years because it's not gonna be an increase in salary cap yeah exactly Um, you 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 would rather get them to do term now and just in general like the more term a player gets earlier on that next deal is pushed out into the future exactly yeah so like it obviously makes the short-term cap hit higher, but then in the last couple of years of that deal, when Pedersen and Hughes would be, you know, more in their primes, they'll be cheaper. Yeah, exactly. So outside of that part, the part about that Jackson brought up about having to lock up somebody every year, mm-hmm. 
I'm really trying to put on the thinking cap of somebody who is looking for every reason to be like, there's no problem with that. This is good. That seems to be mainly based on cynicism of the team, of the team's management yeah, decisions. That That is true. Like, Because if, yeah. if, if I'm somebody like that, I'm like, oh, that's not a bad thing. That's just if you think Benning is a horrible GM, then that's a bad thing. Sure. But uh, totally. and I will say that things change very quickly if a new organizational philosophy is airlifted in via a different management group, because like uh, the reality is with all of this stuff is that like, these are not unfixable problems and that right now I think a a clever general manager, not an average general manager, but a very good one uh, or like, can can you you put in that line that Homer says of stupid, like a Fox in here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think that, uh, that like, a um, a relatively uh, like competent general manager could take this team and turn it around very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not meaning to say that ironically. It's just yeah. By by by. The team has a lot of the team has a lot of really good pieces, enviable mm-hmm. pieces, even. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it, the a big source of my consternation is just knowing that like. Again, it's just one of these things where I've mentioned this before on the show, but like I wrote one article this year because I don't have to write articles all the time. And the article was two months ago. Canucks aren't making any trades. Forget about it. And obviously with COVID now, like there's a good reason for that. And it's like I'm willing to lay it down right now. Like I would say in a straight up bet. 50 50 odds i bet on the canucks making no trades this ahead of this deadline that would yeah, that's what i would put tomorrow my we're, with, we're talking on sunday so yeah. we'll we'll get our answer before yeah. this episode even comes i take out. i take uh with odds i take the chances of one or two two minor trades but uh, um in a straight up bet 50 50 no no question like i would bet on zero deal yeah i mean if you make it I mean, who knows what happens with like AHL players or rights to players or whatever that yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. Actual NHL bodies, they're not going to trade anyone. No, and 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 I mean, they can't because like the only no. ca- real candidate is Sutter, and he's on COVID. Exactly. So, so and he's probably one of the guys with COVID the worst, from what I've heard. Absolutely, and I I will add to this too that like there are certain things about Jim Benning that I actually like, like. In the sense that if I was in the position that his players are in, I would probably be very grateful to have him as a boss in some ways because mm-hmm. he, he is he loyal. Seems to, yeah. And yeah. He, he, he seems to really care about what his players think, which under some circumstances is good. Um, like obviously from a general manager, like you want a tough negotiator, you want someone who isn't just going to like do whatever the players want and then have the team be crap. But like, I guess what I'm saying is I do think like you can go too far in the other direction because the yeah. the reality is like, I, I really want to do a Moneyball episode at some point because um, like I watched that movie recently and it made me think about like analytics from a labor perspective. Um, and like, I think that there's a lot of interesting things that can be talked about, about how, like, there are some, there are some like material considerations to analytics being adopted into NHL mm-hmm. games. Yeah. And like, to the extent that they are just used to like kind of 
exploit the players and pay them less. Um, yeah. I'm honestly like less into analytics because like I am a four players getting paid um, says a moral thing, but, but at the end of the day, the NHL has a 50, 50 salary, like exactly distribution. So it doesn't really matter. All it means is that the better players get paid more. Exactly. So, it, it, and that's why it's, not I, I agree with your assessment, yeah. but in the reality of how the CBA works, it's like, no, it ultimately means that the better players get paid more, which I mean, maybe this is like, meritocratic or whatever but like yeah no like yeah that makes sense it's good. If, if nothing yeah it, it at least makes sense right but the what i was what i was gonna say is that i like that jim benning doesn't want to trade anyone right now because that is the right yeah. thing to do but mm-hmm. i don't want to lose sight of the fact that like it's very easy right now given the tone of coverage given the attitudes towards this outbreak and given what a lot of people want to see out of the team it's very easy for Jim Benning to come across as someone who is very caring very like there's a human element to this I don't want Mm -hmm. to trade any players when in reality he was never going to trade anyone Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. is actually just an excuse it gives him another year for sure I think well and that brings us to I guess the other thing that I wanted to talk about in this whole equation, which is ownership, because I really do think at this point, we got to entertain the notion that like the, the one that I've been hinting at for a long time, which is that like Jim Benning has a job because he does whatever Francesco Aquilini wants him to do. And that a lot of these moves really are more Francesco than him. Now, Tanner Pearson that seems like a classic Jim Benning move, right? Yep. Like that is extremely Jim Benning to do that. So I don't doubt that like Jim Benning has brainworms. <laughs> like he, he does certain things b- because he genuinely believes they're going to make his team better. And those things are often quite wrongheaded. Something like Demco though, that feels like a Francesco thing. Things like, yeah, just spending, dropping so much money on your shiny new toy. Things like chasing Sam Gagne or Louis Erickson. Like, yeah, I I am starting to come around on the idea that like, I mean, the reality is that any general manager who, who is in a situation like the one that I'm outlining, which I will say is all speculative or whatever. The reality is they deserve all the criticism they get because part of your job is managing up and you should be Mm -hmm. able to say, I know you're my boss and that this is what you want, but you should also want your team to win. And this is not going to help you with that. And yeah. If does you can't that, do that, does that not also count as like work. a survivalist thing to do as well? If you want not just to get stay in your job, but to be able to get another job later, Yeah, you're exactly. going to have to wear these yep. decisions of your owner. Yep. I don't, I, I, what is Benning thinking about his own career prospects after this, after the seven years? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really great question. Yeah. Well, I think it depends mostly on what happens after he leaves. If yeah. someone confident comes in and, you know, does a Gillis to Nonis thing, then he's going to be in golden shape. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes in and like whiffs on it, then it's, he's going to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think like I, if they make I the playoffs the two years after he leaves, he'll get another job. But if he, if they don't, he doesn't. That's the funny thing about all of this too, is like, I'm looking forward to like, so we've, t- I think we've talked a little bit on the show about the possibility of Lawrence Gilman getting hired as a replacement for, um, for Jim Benning. And I initially 
through cold water on that, but I've talked to a lot of people and I'm now under the impression that that's actually, it's not the most likely outcome, but he's like ranked like probably top five, most likely people to replace Jim betting, maybe even like number three after Mike Fuda and Dale Talon. Um, like which Fran- Francesca's got to know that it would be a PR win, right? Exactly. Yeah. But having said that, I am not looking forward to what will happen if Lawrence Gilman takes over the team, which is they will immediately get better and everyone will, mm-hmm. all the stupid fans will give Jim Benning credit. For sure that will happen. Yeah, that yeah. will 100% happen whenever he leaves. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That'll, that's going to be so much fun. Because as we all know, <laughs> assembling the superstars on a team is the incredibly hard part and that supporting cast stuff is really easy, which mm-hmm. is why Plug and yeah, play, baby. It's everything not, makes sense. It's not like six out of the ten players drafted in the top ten become superstars like basically in any draft and that all you have to do to get one of those players is be bad and draft high and it's also not like the Canucks whiffed on two of the four chances they've had to do that (laughs) and it's not like you know supporting cast is really easy to assemble and that's why Jim Benning has done such a bang up job of doing it yeah exactly I I think to to find out we're just going to have to get Wyatt to add into the armies that Lawrence Gilman will never get hired by the Canucks. <laughs> and so he will get a strongly worded text message saying, I can absolutely get hired by the Canucks. Just <laughs> yeah. fucking watch me. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I had a question because I know I think we're probably going to switch over. The, I, I, this one ties in not necessarily to specific moves that the Canucks have made lately, but more of an ethos thing about privileging players who have won a Stanley Cup before. Totally. I... Yep. What I want to say is more like maybe has been answered many times in writing Mm -hmm. before, but I've never seen it talked about. But I I would really like to see the idea that getting somebody who has a cup under their belt, Mm -hmm. uh, like what are the numbers behind that actually benefiting your team? Yeah, I would love to to see somebody. That's a tough thing to crunch numbers on, but I would be interested in. Even a simple one, like teams who have traded for a former Stanley Cup winning uh, person. I mean, obviously, you'd have to break that down between like, was this person a Victor or a Skovich on the team? Yeah, or... totally. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, the Canucks had a lot of Stanley Cup experience in like 2013 and stuff because Brad Richardson has a cup ring. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is where like, honestly, <laughs> when someone mentions Stanley Cup winners before, like that is... I know this is nerd shit, but like that immediately just sets off my spidey yeah. senses as like yeah. hockey man does not know Dumb what he's move. about. And yeah. the reason why is because like just the simple like logical thing of everybody who won a Stanley Cup had to not be a Stanley Cup winner at one point. Mm-hmm. So, and and the thing is, is I've watched it happen with so many guys where like, do you guys remember how Marion Gabrick was a guy who would never win a Stanley Cup and like mm-hmm. would never, toxic. he would never do it. He's toxic, yada, yada, yada. And then eventually he went, he wins one in LA. Right. Like, yeah. and it's, did people say that too about either Shanahan or Iserman? Oh yeah, probably. I believe one it. of those two guys was an infamous playoff choker and like not a leader, blah, blah, I think blah, it was blah, Iserman, blah. Actually. Yeah. 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 I think it was Iserman. Yeah. Just like this piece of shit will never get it done in the playoffs. And then he goes <laughs> on. Now he's like regarded as like the most like playoff hockey guy of all time. And exactly. Completely just post hoc generalizations, like just justifying stuff that happened. This reminds me of um, a, a, a presentation 
a friend of the show, Chris Watkins, um, where he talked about basically like the San Jose Sharks. And this was a different era of San Jose Sharks. This was like the Thornton Marlowe era Sharks when the team was still quite good. And I think actually just before their Stanley Cup final appearance, I want to say. No, it was just after. And he was basically trying to explain like um, Elliot was definitely at this presentation. Um, You may remember it, but he was basically trying to explain like what happened. Did the Sharks like suddenly become capable of making it to a Stanley Cup final or like what was the deal with this? And so basically the conclusion that he came to or at least like what he illustrated was how like in every prior season where the Sharks didn't make it to the final, there was just like a very good reason why they didn't make it to the final. Like, yeah. um, you know, you want to talk about uh, as we got into with Yerke, like facing the eventual Stanley Cup yeah. champion, like the Sharks were totally in that boat alongside the Canucks, like pretty much every year. Quite often, a lot of those teams the Canucks lost to, the Sharks would end up playing them in the playoffs after. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe not that right? often, but I mean, like, I just thought about the LA Kings example where we run against one of the two best goalie performances ever. That was quick. I know I know they played um, yep. him that year too. So They had to spend so much time <clears throat> playing. Like, the reality is that the San Jose Sharks, basically for every year for like seven years, were the second best team in the West. And yep. they just always ended up facing whichever team was the best team in the West that year. Yeah. Including the and year they faced. Every time that Vancouver. happened, they had the thing where the better team won, as opposed to the thing that happens fairly often, which is that the almost as good team wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I guess all of this is just to illustrate that um, whenever you, you talk about past performance as an indicator of future performance, you have to take into account whether I guess basically the assertion makes any sense, because if it's a thing like, well, he's won a Stanley cup before it's like, that's not a thing a player really has a ton of control over. If I was going to talk about Tanner Pearson um, being like, and obviously this is just probably having a different audience from Jim Benning. I would say something like, look at his even strength scoring rate or something over the past like few seasons and that this season is the outlier as being like struggling in that department you know at the end of the day like i really don't think this deal is not going to kill them because they're already dead Uh, that's the thing uh, like the the thing that i feel like a lot of people don't realize is what stage we are at in canucks team building we are past the canucks being a a like long-term seven-year contender. It's not happening. Th- that ship sailed. They are now, we are now into damage control mode. Hopefully they can get a four or five-year window. And if that doesn't open up pretty soon, then we're going to start talking about how do we make, turn them into a flash in the pan team. And the funny thing about all of this is that if you're going to run the team as a team that has to figure out what it's going to do in the short term, Jim Benning's not even the worst guy at that because like he can get you a JT Miller or uh, like, because that's what's in his DNA. That's like how he thinks it's how he manages. So like when the time finally comes to push all the chips in, like the deals he makes might not even be that bad, especially because the like player acquisition has gotten better. As much as like it kind of pains me to admit it, like we're not suddenly getting Dorsets and Spizas. 
no, for millions like, and millions of dollars. No. Overall, yeah. it's been better. Like they haven't done like as much as I, don't, I will like, also argue though that they don't have the cap space to do that kind of that's shit. That's true. Anyway, yes. So. No. You're right. And that's always the that's the problem with all of this is that it's just like are they are they doing it because they've learned their lesson or are they doing it because they have to now? And yeah, I think it's probably honestly it's probably the latter but i yeah i am trying to be as reasonable as possible to illustrate how fucking bad it all is at the end of the day mm-hmm. and so the one last thing that i wanted to get to with this um i just want to say my closing point on that oh, yeah, no thing is yeah, just so. that you don't you don't tr- you shouldn't trade for stanley cup winning players you should build them yourself exactly it's a yeah. lot cheaper whenever yeah. as soon as somebody has a cup uh if, if you are smart with the cap i think lawrence gilman would see this you'd be like that's an extra fucking three million dollars. I probably have to pay that person than they're worth. Yeah, yeah. There, there is well, absolutely a, a premium. Chicago on did top a, of that. an amazing job with after their '09 mm-hmm. Cup win. They, they traded a bunch, all the generic guys, like all the guys on that team that were just guys. Yeah, they traded. Yep, and they got a lot for them. Instead of getting a second, you can get a first now. One of the best things to do to expand the trade value of your team is to win a cup. Absolutely. It's literally like it's so much easier to win your second cup than it is to win your first. In my <laughs> opinion, because because of what winning a cup does to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's easier to win a second cup from winning a cup than it probably is to win a cup after being the top a top five team in the league for yeah, five years. Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just, either way, you're still blowing up your draft capital, but at least this way you have players who everyone wants for silly reasons. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, to think the to close out the Pearson thread and and um, I will we'll discuss the schedule and the COVID stuff in a second. Um, I just wanted to address like how absolutely gaslit I felt by the media leading up to the trade deadline, because any person who has watched this team conduct business over Jim Benning's tenure as the general manager should not have ever entertained that there was any other possible conclusion to this situation. Like Jim Benning wants what he wants. He never indicated at any point that he wanted to trade Tanner Pearson and talks of re-signing him were uh, coming up like as early as, or yeah, as early as like what a month ago, I feel like Mm -hmm. the fact that anyone ever really entertained the notion that the Canucks were going to do anything else or like trade anybody is just so mind boggling to me. And the thing that I keep thinking about is like, here's the thing. Jim Benning has beaten us. He's beaten us, the podcasters he's beaten the fans and he's beaten the media because like he is still here, you know? And the thing that I keep thinking about is an episode of the Disney Channel show Smart Guy, where uh, do you guys know that show? You remember yes. that show? Yes. Okay. I do. do you? Uh, Elliot is looking at me puzzled. Um, the listeners might want an explanation. So, uh, Smart Guy is uh, like a '90s Disney Channel sitcom about a, I think, like basically ten-year-old boy who matriculates to being a junior in high school because uh, the people who wrote the show didn't understand that genius kids usually just get sent to genius schools and don't skip like seven grades and go to high school because it's fucked up for their development. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the social ramifications are way worse than any development advantage. Yeah, get. exactly. Um, but that's the plot of the show. And um, there's an episode um, where little genius TJ Henderson plays chess against a supercomputer. And 
he loses and then tries to devise a strategy for how to beat the computer. And he doesn't figure it out until he plays chess against his extremely dumb older brother who only barely understands how the game works and just basically starts moving random pieces to random places. And TJ gets so confused playing against him <laughs> that he doesn't know what to do or how to respond. And I guess basically what I'm seeing saying is the like... Jim Benning is TJ and the media is the supercomputer. And that's been watching them interact with each other over the past seven years <laughs> because it's literally, I we've literally watched the media be like, well, no one's that stupid. Right. And yeah. here's the thing that here, here's my pitch for why you should always listen to us. Okay. Smart people don't understand dumb guys. You guys remember that, that Joanne Reed, uh, quote where she's like mike bloomberg can beat donald trump because to think like a republican you have or to beat a republican you have to think like a republican and he is a republican uh take us to think about just (laughs) i didn't want to hear that name but (laughs) anyways uh the point i'm saying is that it takes an idiot to understand an idiot and we are idiots (laughs) (laughs) and that is why I feel like we have routinely been ahead of other people on this stuff of being like, yeah. no, 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 it can be worse than this. There can be even less of a plan. It, and like they will do often the dumbest thing you can possibly think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is for JD, but you know, we, we, we did invent being right. Anyway, sorry, you got that. That won't pass anything on you. Actually, I realize. <laughs> no uh, J- JD JD told me this because when he listened to your South Paws episode and he heard you say that you <laughs> he described you as saying you invented being funny on Canucks Twitter. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, that's a weird. I don't know why you would say that. I don't know what I would have said that would have given him that impression. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry I derailed that. He certainly didn't invent it. Let's just no, uh, no, no. Of course not. <laughs> he invented being a coward about it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is how I get to stay friends with both of you. Um, I, <laughs> I'm yes. Uh, I might cut this, but I, uh, I did just want to, um, I did just want to say, tell you guys about something I was thinking about recently. And like I said, I'll probably cut it, but it. Okay. If I don't cut it, it could fit here. Uh, which is, you guys remember that uh, thing Georgia sent us about ADHD symptoms? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, was re- I was reading over it again. Um, those of us who have ADHD experience time differently from other people. This is really hard for most people to believe, which is why people are typically unsympathetic to our problem and ascribe it to a lack of effort, a bad attitude, or pure obstinacy. But the fact is that we lack an internal sense of the arc of time. We're unaware of the unstoppable flow of seconds into minutes into hours, days, and so forth. Defying the laws of physics, we change the nature of time in our minds. In our world, we have little awareness of the seconds ticking by, few internal alerts, alarms, or cues, no judicious allocations of chunks of time for this then that and then the next thing we short circuit all such complexity by slicing time down to its various bones in our world we recognize only two times now and not now uh-huh. um here uh, and then this was another one it can seem stunningly stunningly stupid but many people with adhd especially men state outright i'd rather fail doing it my way than succeed with help and uh-huh. then there's another one that says generosity 
As painful as the distortions we carry around can be, we also carry around a pocket full of miracles, a positive energy that comes and goes. But when it comes, we are the most generous people you'll ever find, the most optimistic, the most enthusiastic. Yes, ironically, although we tend to reject help from others, we are the ones who offer the shirt off our back to the person who needs it, whether we know them or not. It is why so many of us. Okay, yeah. So it's reading through this. And I was thinking that perhaps the reason why people like Vias and myself Mal, Georgia, seem to understand Jim Benning better than anyone else <laughs> is because it. we also don't understand how time works <laughs> and are uh, overly generous even when it uh, is not beneficial to us. Yeah, no, when, when Jim Benning is like, uh, I need another two years. <laughs> I relate to him <laughs> so very, much. That's exactly how over I respond the, there. It's like, look, I just need more time. Over <laughs> and the then, course of doing this show, I've really learned to like empathize with him more i'm like ah yes i also leave everything to the last minute don't know what anything is supposed to cost don't know what day it is don't know like don't know whether it's two years or three years and the being generous part uh yeah you can have a few more million dollars Uh, you can have a few more of our draft picks you need it more than us (laughs) (laughs) yeah he, he just he is just trying to give his pals uh more stuff because he loves them and I think that's really sweet. <laughs> I just okay. also wish he wasn't the general manager. <laughs> All uh, right. Let's talk about COVID. Yeah. So obviously, uh, on a more depressing note, we talked a little bit about the COVID outbreak in last week's episode. I don't know how much we have to go over the details of that. I think, yeah, by this I think point, if you're listening knows. to the show, you know what happened. Yeah. Um, you know we'll, where things are at right now. We'll just reiterate that. Um, well, actually, no, I, I, I won't reiterate what I said in the last episode. I'll say something new, which is um, it really, 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 really angers me to see so many people say that this Canucks outbreak should be a warning to everyone about um you know like how easy it is to get it and what it can do to young people's bodies and nobody say that this is proof that a bunch of people in british columbia got covid and gave it to each other at work doing uh-huh. things yeah. that they're allowed to do uh-huh. nobody has fucking said uh-huh. that. by following the rules and we have a lot of people in like and i'm not i'm not calling them out because i'm assuming they probably didn't yeah whatever think think to or whatever but like there are a lot of people in this city who somebody should have said that it shouldn't be up to me to say it on my dinky little podcast that hardly anybody listens to it really bums me out that we have a lot of civic-minded uh canucks reporters and it, it just to me it just shows like the fucking lib brain worms that 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 like have infiltrated into most people that work in hockey um but that really pissed me off and mm. um i just don't understand how that isn't the story that they got this at work mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it, it frankly, like if I had more time, I would write about that. Like I would probably fucking pitch the tie or something and be like, actually, this is an indication that uh, a bunch of fucking workplaces should get shut down. But you know, I don't have time, but that one really, uh, really upset me. So moving on from that, the NHL has basically announced that, they fully intend for the Canucks to play out the rest of their season. The, the NHL's TV, AKA the NHL TV sponsors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, holders. 
And and do we have the total? Is it 19 games in 30 days? Is that what it yeah, was? Yeah, there's like six back-to-backs. The idea that you were going to make a bunch of people who just had P1 COVID yeah. do this kind of intense, physically draining cardiovascular exercise pretty much immediately after they've recovered in a lost season where the hockey has been shit is frankly um disgusting and i'm not like this the thing is is i think if you follow any of us or know any of us it should be clear that like if none of this should have happened none of this should happen if if we were going to get down to to brass tacks all of us would say should the if if you asked us should the nhl season be happening we would all say no and so i know a lot of our positions when they're entertaining doing it in vancouver i was like Absolutely not. They exactly. should be doing it anyways. And I sure as yeah. hell don't want it near my community. Yeah. Um, and Alberta has P1 going around. Um, they don't have great numbers uh, in, ter- like in terms of reporting numbers. So mm-hmm. we don't know if it's worse or better than BC right now. But mm-hmm. eventually this P1 variant stuff is going gonna, is gonna to hit one of these other cities too. Absolutely. It's not just yeah. be um, and so I, I just say that to, um, I guess, inoculate us, no pun intended, against um accusations that like we only care about this because it's the canucks like first of all we said the same thing when like dallas got hit hard at the beginning of the season yeah and also not mm. to, yeah and that's the thing is that like this this we really, know how much we hate tyler saying yeah <laughs> well I, ultimately with um with the the season happening like i i had time for the idea that um that the NHL had earned the benefit of the doubt with the bubble. It's not what I believed, but I understood why other people if they could recreate the bubble. (laughs) But that's the thing is that they couldn't recreate the bubble. And then like first week they had like a hundred COVID cases. And at that point, I may not have been super vocal about it, but I did not think that the season was going to continue or should continue. And so I just want to make sure that it like, I mean, I don't know why anyone would think that like, that we would be against bad things happening to the Canucks. I, guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, like that, that it would take the, the something happening to the Canucks for us to have a problem with it because like, we're not those kinds of fans or media people or whatever, but I did just want to get that out there. But um, yeah, I have to say like following hockey this year in particular has fucking sucked. It's not fun. Um, it is a bunch of people being asked to do basically what I'm being asked to do, which is step into the meat grinder every day so that people who have a lot more money than me can continue to make a lot more money than me. Um, because we can't turn, we can't fucking stop cash flow for like a short period uh-huh. of time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know all of this stuff is obviously bigger than just being able to flip a switch and turn it off. Um, but also, I also think that like, if you have listened to the show for a long enough time, you also know that we all know that and it doesn't change our opinion. Like, because the, the thing that I've been realizing through all of this, this is a thing that that's always lurking in the, in the back of our uh, minds, I guess, but that we haven't really talked about much before, but like, ultimately, as much as you might feel like you have some kind of ownership over the team that you're a fan of. The team is not accountable to you in any way. And that kind of thing doesn't seem important when the stakes are low and it's just, oh, they signed a shitty deal or, oh, they did this or, oh, they did that. But like the reality is that the same things that 
like make you hate your owner or your GM um, because of the shitty product that they put on the ice also have a human cost. And um, I just look at like the people who demand positivity at all times and then look at a situation like this and really see like why that impulse is damaging and is worth railing against even when the stakes are low because like we literally have people out there right now accusing like Thomas Drance of fabricating stuff as related to COVID to make the Canucks look bad. And if you Mm -hmm. believe that you should be fired out of a cannon because like, I don't know how you come back to being a human being after literally priding your um, identity, basically what amounts to like your identification with an IP Mm -hmm. over human life. Yeah. You're a sicko. And not the fun kind. No, not at all. Is that a good place to end the show, actually? It might be, honestly. I think so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess what I what I'll to, to put a pin in that, um, I've just been thinking increasingly about how in there isn't that much incentive to build a team based off of what uh fans actually want. Uh there's a lot more of an incentive to kind of placate fans. And then basically attempt to turn your team into like an IP to be identified with in the same way that uh, like Spider-Man or like Mickey Mouse is. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I uh, well, ter- turns out um, just like with uh, social movements, like uh, you can't get you can't place pressure and show what you want out of something mm-hmm. unless you have bodies either outside the people's Absolutely. offices or. Yeah in the Canucks case, um, in the seats. I mean, yeah. if there was some way for, for fans to be in the stands and see how this team has gone for the last couple of years, um, you'd think you'd hear, like, I bring, I bring up the whole, like, the fire Gillis chance, God Gillis fired. Yeah. Like, that was a straw that hit the camel's back, mm-hmm. but you need a straw yeah. to hit the camel's back. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't have yeah. one. <laughs> then what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're probably um, never going to see a change. I something I talked about a little bit on um, my big shiny goons appearance, which uh, if you like Jeff Rosenstock, definitely listen to. Um, otherwise, Even you, if skip you it. don't really know who he is. You should listen to it. OK, thank you. That's nice of you to say. <laughs> um, one of the things that I talked about that I think is very applicable to this situation is the way that sort of slowly over time, what I will call, just call market forces as opposed to anything else. Um, how, you know, slowly over time, it's like first they they take um, little creature comforts for you from you, and then it gets more dire, and maybe you start having to worry about more and more people start having to worry about things like paying the bills and the rent, um, you know, uh, their their own health, their mental health, um, and then slowly over time you reach a point where all you have left are your toys and your stories, and the thing is, eventually they're going to take your toys and your stories from you too. Um, and I think this is like a real, a real good proof of that happening. Um, because like right now for a lot of people, I think the only thing that probably is giving them joy in life right now is hockey and it's not fucking joyful. It's, uh, it's horrendous. It's not fun to watch. Um, and ultimately like if you take an entertainment product and drain all the entertainment out of it, then like. What are we doing here? It's just a product. Yeah. 
It's just a product like anything else. So to so treat it that way, because, um, and you know, they're not doing anything for really you. weird too, because like hockey feels so gross and exploitative, but at the same time, it feels still pretty cushy compared to anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like, oh shit, this is what we're, this is where we're going to be in 20 years. Exactly. It's like, everything's just going to be so much shittier and exploitative. And then we're still going to have this little, you know, our little escape, which is mm-hmm. still gross and shitty. Yes, exactly. Anyways, I'm not being optimistic right now. Nope. Um, thanks for listening, guys. This one was uh, not a ton of fun, but uh, it was at least... Oh, we started off fun, though. Yeah. Big thanks to our callers. Thank you for calling. Um, please, please continue to call us at... 778-819-1451. Thank you. Um, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at BSRN. Uh, you can follow me at Moose Kayak. I also want to quickly give a shout out, a shout out to hockeythighs.tumblr.com because they're the ones who uh, posted all the stuff about NHL MAGA guys that I yeah. shamelessly ripped off. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, don't forget to follow the pod at Roxy Fever and subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. We literally just finished recording an episode on ebug extraordinaire Chris Levesque. So watch for that. It should be up on your Patreon feed in the near future. I will get to editing it as soon as I'm done editing this episode. So um, thanks for listening. And shockingly, I don't think I have ever done this one before. But um, please, please, please send your hate mail to at FR underscore Aquilini on Twitter. Knight to King's Bishop 3. He's taking his knight out first? What kind of a move is that? <laughs> a move only a dummy would make. Pawn to King 3. Pawn to Queen's Rook 3. Now, what's he doing moving that pawn out? I mean, it makes no sense. <laughs> Man, calm down. It's all part of a strategy I helped TJ come up with. You helped? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> go warm up the car. Queen to Bishop 2. He's bringing his queen out. That's illogical. I'm waiting here. What you got? It's a rather odd move. Socrates is simply taking his allotted time. Uh, uh, Vaughn, thanks, Vaughn. I think TJ's got him baffled. Queen takes pawn. Check. Does not compute. Move is whack. Hey, you bring your sorry circuits onto my turf and think you can bring me down. That's whack. Queen, two, knight, two. That's not our best move. Queen, two, knight, two. Queen, two, knight, two. Queen, two, knight, two. Any moves, it's also check me. Why are you so happy? We just lost our shirt.